Okay, right, we're going to start off with a couple of videos for you. Getting things get on top of us, and quite honestly, what's the point? Have you finished? Um, yes. Thank you, uh, my wife. I think yes. those prawns might be a bit off. Oh, I don't think so. Well, they do taste rather funny. Well, no one else has complained. Well, I really do think they're off. But you've eaten half of them. <laughs> well, I didn't notice at the start. You didn't notice at the start? No, well, it was a sauce. I wasn't sure. So you ate half to make sure? Look, my wife thinks I'm off. Well, what about... Do you want another first course? No, thank you. Are you sure? No, really, I'll just have the main. Well, well, well cancelled. Cancelled? Oh, uh, deducted from the bill, is that what you mean? Well, as it's inedible. Well, only half of it's inedible, apparently. <laughs> well, deduct half now, and if my wife brings the other half up during the night, we'll claim the balance of the morning. <laughs> now we'd like our that, please. Well, three weeks... I'm sorry. I'm, I do not want the omelette. It's nice. I don't want the bloody thing. I've sent it back once. Yes, give it to me. This, I fail to see how this sort of thing can happen. There, I've torn it up. You'll never see it again. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a cheese salad. It's your body salad. There we are, sir. I'm so glad everything is still satisfactory. No, it is not. It is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you were supposed to be running a hotel. My, that does look no good. Yes, I've, 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 I've had the omelette, and then I had a prawn cocktail with a bloody silly name. Look at that cheddar. Yes, then I had a yes. plate of stew, and then the bloody omelette again. Yes, well, can we keep it down? Well, I mean, bit, all I wanted was a cheese salad. It yes. wasn't as though I'd thank ordered an elephant tea on a bun, was it? I mean, the whole thing is... It's yes. ridiculous. Well, I'm glad we saw I mean, for a man who's supposed to be running a hotel. Your behaviour, your behaviour is totally I know, wouldn't we all just love to watch that all day? Okay, so the title for today's talk is Being a Good Host for the Holy Ghost. So we were just looking at who is a bad host and, um, and that there was a bad host. Um, so recently John's been talking to us about um, what, God's, what God's doing with us and Um, Let me quote from what he said a few weeks ago. God is raising my expectation about he wants to do for what he wants for us and from us. God is excited about what he's going to do with us. He will lead each of us into situations we aren't used to. We will see things which we aren't expecting. We will be used by God to flip things on their heads. We will set trapped people free. We will pray for people and they will be healed. We will love people and they will be renewed. He wants to show us a whole new world. So, some of the things that we've talked about... Have we got the clicker? Um, No. Okay. You have to click for me. All right. So, a few weeks ago, you may remember, he talked about touching God. And he used the story about about the woman that, that, that kept bleeding, that reached out and touched God, and it made a difference in her life. And he, he invited us, Let, let's be touching God, let's be responding to God. Yeah. He talked with us about um, being led, 
and we used the clip from Indiana Jones. You remember when he stepped out into the, the leap of faith and he invited us to take a leap of faith with him. And then last time out, we talked about boldness. And we had the clip of the, the little boy that was bold enough to go and meet the queen. So the, these are kind of parts of the theme of the new excitement that God's got for us and trying to raise our expectation. Even Amanda talked with us about get your hopes up. You remember she had don'ts at the front crossed out. So there is a freedom that we have at this point to get our hopes up. But in order for us to touch God, to be led um, and to have that boldness, we need to have the Holy Spirit working with us. So that's what I'm going to be talking about. And we need the Holy Spirit that acts like the magic carpet that takes us to a whole new world. So I remember um, Rhodey was telling me that after that Sunday she could not get that song out of, out of her head. I think it was by Wednesday she told me she couldn't get it out of her head. But that's okay because it's a lovely song. Um, I'm believing for us to be able to have an adventure much like they did in Aladdin. Um, I was trying to think back, what was my experience of interacting with the Holy Spirit? And I, I remember that I really first met with God when I, was, uh, when I was 11. And that was on a youth weekend away. And that was the, the first weekend away I ever went on, went on as, a, as a young person. And none of my friends were able to make it, so I was mixing with a whole bunch of people I didn't know. And that first night, I can't remember what the speaker spoke on, but there was just a sense that I had that God was saying to me, I know your family, I know that they're all following me, but where do you stand? And that was the kind of first time I thought I had a decision that wasn't, I didn't just go with the package of the family. And I thought, wow, God wants to know me. And that was the work of the Holy Spirit helping me connect, connect with God, and, and I I invited him into my life and it, it was like he picked me up off, off of a, a train track and he put me onto a next one. And things didn't seem very different between me and my friends that, that hadn't had that experience to begin with. But as time went on, we really veered very differently in our lives because there was something that God did through his spirit in me at that time which was, was uh, very different for me. There were other times during my, my youth where I remember meeting with the, with the Holy Spirit. One particular time, um, we used to have this pr- prayer group called SAS. And we'd come together to, to pray. And I was particularly frustrated because I was, I was it was during my A-levels, um, kind of like the February before the, the final exams. And I just could not be motivated. And my parents talked to me and different people talked to me. You've got to put, put more effort in. I just... I tried really hard, I'd, I'd kind of sit down and just, I just could not do anything. And at the same time, I thought, I really want to know God afresh. Um, and so we, 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 the few of us that went to this meeting, we said, right, we're not leaving here until we meet with, with the Spirit of God today. And that was something that God had actually stirred us to want and to ask for. And it was quite incredible because so quickly the Spirit of God hit us. And I think we're all... We all fell on the floor. And I just had this vision of um, the Red Sea when Moses and the children of Israel passed through it. And the idea of the power that must have been, at, been in effect to pull water back and stack it up on its, on its side like that. And the sense I had from God is, that's who I am to you and I'm in you. And so the power that could pull that sea apart is, is in you. 
And it was such an incredible experience and revelation. Again, the work of the Holy Spirit. And coming out of that meeting, I said to God, All right, I can't do it. I can't be motivated for my exams. But you can. So if I, if I commit the time, please help me with the rest. And something changed inside me at that point. And when, when we came to our final exams, most of my uh, classmates had done about 20 practice essays. I'd done 65 practice essays by the end. Still only got a C for history, so it shows you how bad I would have done if I had just done 20. But um, there, what was significant for me was there was a power that came over me that was greater than what was, what was me. Um, so in recent years, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit a lot with the young people and reali- really realize how important it is. Um, I remember talking to uh, Tim Jones from Wales about, about our young people and like, what, what's the next step? What can, I, what can I do to support them? And he said to me, well, are they spirit-filled? And I thought, you know what? I've not really asked that question in a long time. Um, and so that's kind of started something ticking in my mind. And then I read the book by Rachel Turner, Parenting Children for a Life of Faith, and it just raised my expectation about not just having... God, uh, God uh, knowledge kids, um, but having God connected kids. And there's lots of stories about kids of all different ages just knowing the presence of God and feeling his love and knowing that. And I thought, that's what I want for, for our young people. And so we, we then started a, a series in January 2012 called Here Comes the Boom. And we had this day away where we were just expecting that the Holy Spirit would meet with us. And he did. And the... The number of young people that had grown up within the church who were saying, wow, I've always kind of known that there's a God, but I don't think I really believed that there was a God. But now I'm different. And I remember talking to uh, one, of, one of the young girls on the way home. She said, you know what? Suddenly all those songs that we sing, they make sense. I, I didn't realize the importance of them before. And that, there was no teaching that we could have done that would help that. That was the work of the, the Holy Spirit. So... Who is the Holy Spirit? Oh, there he is. I should have used white, really, shouldn't I? Mental note. Okay. So, who is the Holy Spirit? Now, a lot of you will be familiar with this, the different courses and stuff, so I'll just recap quickly. So, the first thing is, uh, is that the Holy Spirit is a he, or is a person. He's not a kind of ethereal feeling or something like that. It, he's part of the Trinity, so there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is part of the way that God is expressed. And he was sent to, to be with the early disciples by, by Jesus to equip us to live how he taught us to live. Um, we also see him working throughout the Old Covenant as well. But there was a, a key difference that happened after Jesus' time and the, the introduction of the New Covenant. Before he would, the Spirit would mainly manifest itself within the temple, within the Holy of Holies. But after Jesus died and the curtain was ripped that separated our sinfulness within the temple from the Holies of Holies, that was ripped at the point that Jesus died. That was actually to signify the Holy Spirit was, was moving house. And it talks about the Spirit now living within us. And in fact, we became the hosts. And we'll talk a little bit more about hosting in a second. So, my next question is, what does the Holy Spirit do? 
there's so much that he does. I can't, I can't take you through, through all of it. But if we just look a little bit at a, a few of the things. So, talks about in the Bible that, that he helps, uh, he's the helper who teaches me. Jesus actually talked, talked about him. He's coming, he's, I'm sending you a helper who will help you understand all the things that I've talked about. Which if you were one of the disciples and just spent three years with your mind blown by Jesus, you're probably welcoming him. Like, I need some revision going on here because there's so much that, that I, can't, I can't understand. And you hear that in some of the stories about some of our young people. I never understood, but now I understand. Because the Holy Spirit comes and helps us. So there'd be things that you might be thinking, I've never really understood that. I've never really understood how that works. That's something that we would need the Holy Spirit for. He helps me connect with God. Helps me understand God's feelings towards me, and God's heart towards me. He empowers us. Talks about that, that the Holy Spirit comes and gives power. I, I love that when you're in a conversation and you realise that you're no longer speaking your words because they're just too good, they're too powerful. And you realise that the Holy Spirit is now coming and working through conversations that you're having. I remember... Um, a conversation with, with one guy, and um, we started this conversation with him saying, you know, I just, I, can't, I just can't believe in God. It just doesn't make sense to me. And so I was just talking and kept on talking, and just something just shifted in the whole atmosphere, and it was like God's presence just descended on the guy as he was talking, and it just kind of got lost in the fog of it all. And the next thing he said, um, so how do I accept God into my life? I, well, just... Three, three minutes ago, you were saying you couldn't believe there was a God, but God came and done something in his power that was far greater than what anything I could say. Produces fruit in us. The fruits of, of the Spirit. If you, if you were to live those things perfectly, you would make an impact on the world. We're talking about love, um, thankfulness, faithfulness, self-control. I can't remember them all now, but they're all really good. Peace, patience. We could all deal, do with more of those things, but that's part of the natural um, reproduction of the spirit in us. Um, a, an apple tree doesn't have to try really hard to produce apples. It naturally happens. It's, it's the way that, that nature works, and that's why um, in the Bible it uses that analogy. It's a natural production of the Holy Spirit in you. Um, he sets us free, he brings freedom. He enables us to, to be who he's called us to be. He brings gifts. Um, we talk about the words of wisdom and words of knowledge and healing and prophecy. These are all things that God gives us to show the world what he's like. He gives life. Brings hope. We had an event recently about hope. Hope is such a powerful thing, and it's a work of the Spirit in us to have hope. He causes us to obey, keeps yelling at us, and helping us uh, live how God wants us. And just like John was talking about before, he leads us, and he leads us by the hand like that, enabling us to, to be positioned where he wants us to be positioned. So these are just some of the, the things that the Bible says about what the Holy Spirit does. But just to give you a few more live stories, I was talking to um, Sally yesterday, 
and uh, she was telling me a story of, of Sarah working at the um, coffee shop. And she'd talked to a woman that often came in who was, was gluten intolerant. And she thought, oh, maybe, maybe I'll do something. Let me make some uh, gluten-free biscuits. And little did she know, that same day the, the lady came in and was, was really down and really, uh, really disheartened um, with, with life. And she was just saying to someone, oh, if only I could ask someone to make me some gluten-free biscuits, that would be really good. At that point, Sarah steps over and says, oh, I made these for you. And the, the woman was so impacted and began to, began to cry. But that's the work of the Holy Spirit operating in Sarah that enables hope and, and life for, for that other woman. I mean, this is, this is the good stuff. This is adventure. This is expressing God how, how he wants to be expressed. Um, someone else in Sally's groups were, were talking about having someone on their heart that they prayed for um, who'd, who was in a, a difficult place. The next day they had a conversation with this, this woman that they'd been praying for and that night she'd had a dream that had challenged her. And, it, and again, God's directing us how to pray and how to communicate. You remember from the Clear Sounds weekend, uh, Dorothy didn't need sleeping pills. The first time in I don't know how many years. But again, that's the work of the Spirit bringing healing. I was talking to PJ the other day about some of the um, Ebola orphans. Some of these children lost um, six or seven members of their family within a a three, four week period. Just, I I don't know how you cope with that, how you get get through that. And these these kids, they, they looked vacant. There was no smile, no life um, in, in them. And you see them three weeks on and they've been touched by the love of God through people that have been filled with the Spirit. And their smile, there's life in their eyes, there's hope in their life again. And they've realized that though they've lost a family, they've been placed in another family and they're going to have a future and there is a hope for them. I love those stories about just absolute desperation being flipped into life and into hope and that's the work of the Holy Spirit Um, when you look at the Bible you see about um, the story about Peter and the disciples they were scared stiff hiding in the upper room thinking they've just killed Jesus they'll be after us next and I can understand that fear that's where they were but God said Jesus had said to them wait until the spirit comes and he'll empower you And the Spirit comes and empowers them. And they leave that place fearless, emboldened. And they're able to to see thousands of people come to know God and really kick off what we now know as Christianity. And they did a good job at starting that off, didn't they? (laughs) But there was the Spirit kicked in and did something. So when you think about it, what a great guy to host. What a fantastic person to have living with you surely anyone would be happy to have him as have him come live with us I'm just going to show you some of the potential downsides of it through a little drama that Jen's going to help us with
to that, that kind of deep, yeah. strange looking public. Um, it's more sentimental. Okay. <laughs> Would you be open to any kind of decor uh, sort of advice or, or anything like that? I mean, I guess we could talk about something. Okay. okay. I mean, if you want to. It's, yeah. it's not enough. It's, um, I mean, I'm not going to push anything on you. Yeah. But, you know, since I'm going to be living here quite a while, I just thought I, you know, I might be able to tell Yeah. I mean, take for example this, this fruit bowl. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, some of this is looking a bit, a bit mouldy. I mean, how long have you had this? Oh, I've got that from my parents as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm probably about time to, to throw some of this out. Look, I've got some, um, some fresh fruit in here. Uh, got a lovely, lovely apple there. Yeah. Beautiful. So I just, I'll take this, this horrible one there. Um, and put that in there. I've got an orange as well. Uh, looking a bit nicer than, than this one. There's kind of a bruise on there. Yeah. Um, and I've got this thing.
Okay. Now that's what the Holy Spirit would be like if he was as polite as Jeremy. <laughs> so hosting sounds like a, a, a great idea, hosting the Holy Spirit, but in that kind of drama, you see that he begins to cramp Ben's style a little bit. And that's a slight, a slight challenge when we're, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, the fact that he's not coming just to share a room. He's actually coming to rule, and he's coming to, to, to take the lead. So there's two things in the Bible that it warns us about uh, when, when being a host to the Holy Ghost that we need to be careful of. Or otherwise, we might end up like Ben was, or even like Basil Forty was. So, the two things that it talks about is quenching and grieving. There are two things that we can do to the Holy Spirit. So, quenching—that's kind of like shackling the Holy Spirit. It's about saying to Him, uh, "I don't really want you to do that. It makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. Just, just stay back. Don't, don't interrupt with my life." And it's restricting the Holy Spirit from wanting to express himself as himself. And talks about that in 1 Thessalonians 5.19. And then in Ephesians 4.30, talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. And that's just, at that point in the scripture, it's just given a list of all of the, the things that we can end up get involved in, which God has freed us from. And so grieving the Holy Spirit is upsetting him because we're returning to things that he's rescued us from. And we're choosing to, to step back into a life of, life of sin. So, we don't often talk about, you know what, can you pray with me because I really think I've quenched the Holy Spirit today. We don't really talk like that. So, what, what are more today's signs that you might be um, being a bad host? So, you, you might be arguing arguing with God or arguing with someone who's trying to help you think about what God would think. So if you realize you're finding you're arguing a lot, maybe you're being a bad host. You forget. Now we often think this one's much more, much more innocent. Oh, I forgot. But it's pretty serious if the Holy Spirit's told you to do something and you've forgotten to do it because it actually symbolizes something different in the heart. And so if you've and again, we don't have many conversations necessary with God where, they're, oh, God, I forgot. Well, you might say it like that, but, um, that, oh, I forgot that, that I agreed that. Often it's down to, oh, I'd committed to, to be there for this person, and then I forgot. Or is that actually forgetting what the Holy Spirit's directed you to do? Being slow to action, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll confront them the next time that I see them. It's not appropriate this time. So being slow to action things. Not willing to listen. No, not even giving the spirit time to talk to you. You're reacting more than you're kind of considering things. And just coming up with, I'm going to do it my way. Thank you very much. But this is, this is what I'm going to do. Now, another analogy, as well as the good host, bad host thing, is the idea that the spirit wants to come to drive. He wants to be the driver, we're to be the passenger. And so I want to just show you this other clip of what it might feel like at times to give over control to a different driver. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice and easy. Head on out, and whenever you're ready, 
Are you ready to go ahead and, yeah. and drive? Okay. Yeah, sure. Oh, whoa. <laughs> That's all right. Well, a little more than I'm used to. Yeah. Oh, it's got some power, so just get a feel for it. Okay. Okay, all right. But ease off just a little bit. Ease off. So I was thinking a lot more age on me, some wrinkles, a little dorky, maybe some facial hair. It was somebody that I can pull off a, a fun prank with. <laughs> Let's go have some fun. My good friends at Pepsi Max have hooked us up with this cool can cam. So these are the glasses cam to show you everything that I see. How you doing? Hello. I'm Mike. Steve, nice to meet you, Mike. I saw you sort of gravitated towards the Camaro. Are you thinking about getting one? Oh, no, no, no. This this, way too much car for me. I'm Well, it's a lot of power, but they've designed it to be very safe. I don't know if I can handle it. I, I've never driven anything like this before. Well, I, I tell you what, I think a way to really make you feel comfortable would be to put you behind the wheel. You're good. <laughs> what are you driving now? Oh, just a minivan. Oh, yeah. What am I You're not signing obligated. here? You not sure? Obligated. It's just a checkout sheet for a test drive. You're not obligated to anything. It's just so we know who's out. Let's go give it a drive. Ready I'm getting a little nervous. No, I'll be right there beside you. There are your keys, sir. Thank you, Steve. You'll have to unlock it, Mike. Oh, yeah. thank you. There we go. Oh, yeah. What a car. Mm -hmm. Well, we better buckle up. Yeah, good call. Power, power door locks, standard, of course. You are liable for any damages to the vehicle, so please stop the car, slow, or at least slow down. Slow down, slow down. You can't go through that gate, Mike. Stop, 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 stop. this card. You're liable for it if you wreck it. Last line after he realized who was actually the driver, that was actually this guy, uh, Jeff Gordon. He says, Can we do it again? <laughs> <laughs> but 
what, what changed? He knew who was driving at that point. Before, he, he didn't really know the person, didn't really trust the person, thought this person was just a crazy psycho guy that usually drives a minivan. <laughs> but that, that's the kind of vehicle that he usually drives a lot faster than he was driving then. So it can feel scary to be out of control. And scare, to be scared and to be on an adventure, they're actually very close. And I think the key difference is knowing who the driver is. So I'm going to show you two pictures. And I want you to think if you, you ever feel like, like this when it comes to the Holy Spirit driving. Do you ever feel like you're a backseat driver? That you'll say, God, I'll, I'll do whatever you say within reason. And I'll do it this way rather than that way. And when people that represent uh, or help you hear God's voice are saying things, you're thinking, yeah, I, I think I'd... I'd I'll, I'll do it like this, and I'll, I'll do this much and, and no more. Do you feel sometimes like the dog in this picture? <laughs> just, just constantly on edge, that everything could go wrong at any moment, and you're just feeling in fear. I want to show you two more pictures, because the essence is who is the driver? Is, is, is he competent and is he caring? When you look at the cross, when I look at the cross, I look at someone who does care, who loves me and would lay down their life for me. Sometimes we're worried that he might crush us if we give him control. But in actual fact, he was crushed for us. He was crushed for our iniquities. And if we know that he loved me that much, he cared for me that much, then I would want to host him, and I would want him to be in control. And if he's in control, that can be me. Not anymore, when I was young, maybe. But that sense of peace that, you know what? My dad's in control and he's looking after me, and he's a competent and able driver. So, we've talked about the Holy Spirit. We've talked about being a good host to the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to kind of give you a couple of, a couple of options here. There's the opportunity to invite the Holy Spirit. It talks about in the Bible, being, keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. So, if you feel that you could do with being filled with the Holy Spirit again. That's one, one thing. If you've never asked to be filled with the Holy Spirit before, this could now be an opportunity for that. Then another response is, if you feel, you know what, if I'm honest about it, I've been quenching and, and grieving the Spirit. I've continued with habits and I've continued with attitudes that he's rescued me from and I've gone back to it. And maybe if you think about it as if you've left an abusive partner and then there's something that's leading to you return to that person, even though you've got the perfect spouse for you. And that's that's kind of the picture that it can paint when you look at the Bible. Why would you go back back to what you had before when you've got something perfect here now? And that's, again, we can't break 
those addictions on our own. We've got to have the spirit in us. The very thing that you need is often the thing that you might be afraid of letting, letting in. So you might be thinking, how do I get it? It's, how, do I, how do I invite the Holy Spirit? It's so simple. Luke 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's, that's all it takes just to ask him. Now, I'm believing that in these days we're going to see the Holy Spirit working through us and in us to a much greater degree than we have in past days. And I want to introduce a a prayer for us. And the idea behind this prayer is it's something that we can actually begin to declare together and things that we're going to be able to touch and taste within the future we'll be able to see within, within this prayer. And it's, I've adapted it from a, um, from a prayer that we used to pray f- when we were believing God to, to give breakthrough in, in an offering. So what I, what I want us to do, we're going to pray this prayer and then um, we'll think of some kind of response time. I'm not quite sure how to do that. But um, we've got some... Anger music in the background. So just use it. Use it. Make, make it work for you. Um, can people read that? Do we, do we need to swap, switch the text to white text? Look at the man. Wow. Okay. So these are the things that I'm believing God to do. So what I want us to do is stand up and we're going to read it out loud together. But not just read it, this is, this is our prayer. And I think I've captured in this the majority of the stuff that we're, we're wanting to see. So we're all going to read it together. So here we go. God, thank you. Oh, sorry, I'm reading the wrong thing. <laughs> it's much smaller in front of me than it is for you. Okay, I'll come stand up here. God, your promises are raising our expectations. So now we are believing for words of wisdom, indescribable joy, ridiculous hope, unshakable peace, energy for the battle, freedom for captives, shame lifted, physical and emotional healing, miraculous provision, friends to jump from darkness into light, chats which move people, visions of Jesus, Security anchored in him. Inspiration to love, love and love. Bowing knees and surrendered hearts. Thank you, Lord, for never leaving us and allowing us to be part of your perfect rescue plan for the world you love so much. Amen.